All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. You're listening to the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca, your digital home for online gaming excitement, including casino, live dealer, lottery instance, and sport betting. Sign up today at PlayAlberta.ca. Oh, there you go. Now you you did you did play in the IHL, did you not, for a short time? Yeah, I ended up playing uh, for Bob Strum in Las Vegas. Okay, oh, for Las Vegas. Just for, a, just for a month, month and a half. Yeah, I thought I thought that was the end of my career, and then Bob had given me a call and asked if I wanted to play. Way too long a story, but anyway, I went there. <laughs> okay, so now Brian, you've been in the player agent business for for quite some time. Noah Dobson, uh, of course, probably uh, you know one of your one of your biggest clients right now is having himself a heck of a season. And just kind of take me through the path of going from player to getting into the player agent. Was that something that you thought of? How'd you get? Uh, how'd you go down that path? I actually, I never, I never really thought about it at all. Um, I enjoyed coaching more than anything. Um, and unfortunately for me, the hockey injuries caught up, and um, I had both my hips replaced and my back. Used, and that was kind of the end of my career as a coach. And a good friend of mine, Dean Zaharchuk, had put my name to uh, in with Andrew Maloney and Maloney Thompson Group. And just the way it came um, through them, uh, just having conversations with them, it's something a good path and working and helping young kids and, and all players of all ages. But, you know, it, it's fun working with the 13, 14, 15 and up group, um, getting to them maybe a little bit earlier and, and maybe just helping with a few things, how the game is and how mentally prepared you have to be. But, yeah, you got to maintain having fun. 
So it was a good fit for me. Brian, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Um, I ran into you last week at uh, a tournament out in Leduc. I know you, uh, you know, you pound the pavement pretty hard looking for these kids. What What are your thoughts? Like, I, I get quite a few parents that ask me about agents and, you know, what do you do and, you know, who should you go with? And agents have changed quite a bit since, you know, you and I have been in you know, started playing hockey. They're not actually, I don't even think they're called agents anymore. I think they're called uh, advisors, family advisors. Um, Some, some charge, some don't charge. What are your thoughts on, you know, an age? Like to me, I think, you know, when, when someone uh, uh, approached us about my son and when I was approached back when I played, I always felt like, you know, for me, it was an agent, taking a chance on me and me taking a chance on an agent and you build a relationship. There was no fees exchanged. Um, and I, I felt the same way with my son. I was like, you know what? Like if someone's going to represent you, it's, they're going to take a chance on you and you're, you're going to build that relationship. Um, and, and we'll kind of see where it goes. What, what are your thoughts now as much, you know, because it's changed so much and it's probably continuing to change. When I say this again, it's, these are these are my personal thoughts, and I've almost kind of been outspoken to be quite honest. But um, anybody who's charging you, run away. Like, that's number one. Yeah. Uh, quite like say it. Um, you know, this is an industry where you know, there's a lot of chance taken, and you know, we we look into a crystal ball almost. Point. How do you tell if a 13 or 14 year old is going to be a pro? And, Yes, we all have certain things that we look at, specific players, and, you know, such as how do they think the game when they're young? Uh, do they think it better than others? And obviously, your skill sets. Skating has become one of the most obvious things that, that has to be, I wouldn't say elite, because Conor McDavid is elite, uh, but it has to be good, has to be strong, has a strong base. And then you're looking for your other skills. IQ would be second. In my opinion, um, again, how do you think the game? When you're looking at these young players, uh, some of them you can tell like, right away. Anyone, you don't need to be an agent, you don't need to be an advisor to see that. It, it, it's finding those ones that you feel are going to, uh, they may take a little longer to develop, but their ceiling is high. And again, it, it's a lot of a process, too. Um, but right now, to, to find an agent, and you're absolutely right, there's, there's got to be, a, like I tell people, and you know, I, I've lost clients because, you know, you've got you've to have a, to me, it's, I, I got the feeling. You can look at all the players that agents, agencies have and um, where they've gone, but, but I can also tell you, that there's a lot of agencies, but there's some very good people in the business, trust me, there is. But there's a lot of agencies that have so many players at a certain age group. Um, I've always had a conflict with that, knowing how do you spend the time. These kids not only need help in the hockey world, they need the mental side of the game, they need to know how to deal with adversity. Um, Giving them direction in that way, that hopefully, I always laugh when I say this, you know, I, I talk to dad so much, you know, they'll always go, you know, I tell my son the same thing, and he just doesn't listen to me, and I go, well, when the hell did you listen to your, stop listening to your dad? <laughs> I think I was 14. 
I mean, it's not that the father's wrong. It's just a different voice. And, and that's that voice in the right meet parents and kids. It's not just the relationship with the parents. The most important relationship is with the kid. And, and seeing if you can communicate. I've learned more through this business, quite honestly, for, for people who want to coach. <laughs> I honestly believe that you should go through this agency business and really start to understand what this generation of kids are like. They're completely different. And it switches to every year, it seems like. And so, in, you know, long, long story short, it is you really have to get to know your agent, your advisor, more than anything. I think the advisor becomes the most important thing when they're young. The agency kind of starts checking in when you go major, junior, if that's your route. Uh, it, it, it's when they... You know, you can help guide a little bit. Um, and then obviously, as you, my big draft is, is the 18. And the reason the draft matters to me at 14, these young kids in major junior in the Western Hockey League, is because it matters to them. Personally, after, if they get drafted or if they don't get drafted, um, if you've got a good kid and you spend the next three years, four years with that kid, I think he, you know, if he's got what you think he has, that second draft, the one that goes to the NHL, that one matters to me. I've also believed the draft shouldn't be 14. I believe it should be 15. Oh, yes. Uh, Brian, the I, difference between them. Yeah. Yeah. Go right. ahead. You're talking my language there, man. I understand why the WHL does it. It's ridiculous. There's no reason to do it. And I would argue that in the NHL, the draft should be a year later and you could open the top five spots for those special 18-year-old kids like a Connor Bedard or a Connor McDavid. There's so few of them that uh, none of them are going to miss out anyway because the vast majority aren't coming to the NHL anyway. And so uh, moving it up uh, the WHL for sure. Uh, the NHL, I think, would benefit. and Because you see it. I, so when you talk to, to kids and, you know, the, because a lot of people now, the minute there's some adversity, that's where you're going to find out. Because trust me, if, if you haven't had adversity, and a lot of these kids are the best players on their team growing up, and all of a sudden they get to 17 or 18, and maybe they're having a stretch of 15 or 20 games where the puck's not going in, or they're they're getting beat as a defenseman, it's never happened to them before. And, and a lot of them at that point, Brian, they don't know how to deal with it, and, and they never get back because they've never had to deal with adversity. Because the truth is, you get to the NHL, and uh, you know what? I don't know any player out there who hasn't dealt with adversity in some form or another. How do you help players kind of, you know, get that thicker skin and how to deal with adversity? Because that seems to be one of the big reasons why some kids never recover after a, after a tough stint. Well, again, it's, it's such a good question. And one of the things that I like to do, it's my personal thing, and I know some Hall of Fame players have used it, and I know some colleges use it now. Is I think I think players when they is it is identifying what are they as a player. Um, now I laugh at myself when they say when I was 14, 15 years old, I thought I was going to score 20 goals as a defenseman and have 60 points. Well, what a joke that was. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe 20 minutes and five-minute majors in a game, but it wasn't going to be 20 points anywhere. Um, but just, you know, like I talked to some kids today, and, you know, I've, I've asked the kids, when you're playing your best hockey, what are three things that you do really well, that you're really good at, and you know if you do those, you play well? Now, the point to it is, is that if you don't, if you have a bad game, you can always look back on those three things. So an example would be in my day, 
uh, how I was forever and ever was if I didn't engage. Let's say facts, I was a tough guy, you call me whatever you want. But if I didn't engage, I was going to have a bad game right off the bat. That's number one. Number two, first man was the best man. I wasn't a stick handler, so don't try to be one. So I identified that. And third was don't get beat one-on-one. So it all over the ice. Now, if I did those three things, I always played well. And as you get older, you add a few more on. They're not big things. They're small things. But you add those on. So when you start struggling, you can always go back to your list and say, huh, did I do this? So there's your adversity being a little bit, they go, I'm in a slump. No, you, you kind of, you, you forgot some of your common themes of what you are as a player and when you're playing your best. Now that's just a little thing, but when players do it, they go back and they don't sit for two, three weeks moping and being a little baby. They, they sit there and go, okay, now you have to help these kids understand that that's how one of the ways that can help you through adversity. But you're, you're absolutely right. I, I've, I've known kids that are 16, I got two kids right now that are going, well, went through a lot of adversity. And part of it was they were right. And the other part is, is when you get to the highest level and, and Brownie's there and everything, and you know nobody feels sorry for you. <laughs> you know, they, they're, you get the pro, they're paying you money. And you've got a job to do, and you've got to learn to deal with these things. And I think when you get them when they're 13, 14, 15 years old, that you can help them develop really strong and good habits and help them so when they get to that 14, 15, or 16 years of age, they can go back and they have that strength and that answers that question. It's funny, um, you know, you talk about having that identity. I mean, even to take it a step back, and, and I'm, I'm sure this is one of your big roles that you would help kids with as well, that I find I help a lot of kids, is just the preparation. Like, what are you doing before you even get to the game to give yourself a chance to be the best version of you? Um, I find, I mean, going through it myself, it took me um, a long time, and I tinkered with it quite a bit in junior um, you know, you start when you become a pro, you kind of have your routine dialed in a little bit more. But do you find kids, you know, you talk about you talked about the identity on the ice, but, you know, has the agent and your role evolved into, you know, off ice, on ice? How much has it changed, you know, video, you know, because it's such a competitive market, there's so many agents out there. How do you like what do you offer different from the next guy? Well, probably the biggest thing for us is that our agency's been around for 45 or 46 years now, and we don't go big, and that is a choice of the agency. So let's, for example, in in an age group of the O9s coming, in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba, right now we have four. That's That's the most we'll do. Quite fr- frankly, it's too taxing to give these kids the attention that they need and to give them, you know, the information you need. And uh, going back on, you know, I just talked to a kid last week. He's an old ten, and I said, "You're not going to get this right now." But we asked Brownie the question of, "How do you prepare for a game?" Well, he doesn't. He prepares the, you know, <laughs> the morning or whatever he does, he just doesn't think about it. 
so we threw some things at him just to say, you know, you know, I like, you know, I, I was big into the mental side is huge for me in the game and the visualization part of the game. And I don't think he's going to, you know, these kids have to have fun too, right? Yep. But just to put the thought and idea in their brain and how you prepare and how you prepare during the summertime, uh, what you did in the summertime. And again, back to the mental part, you know, how, how did you see what kind of goals, small goals, not big goals. I don't want to hear I want to score 40. Yeah, that's great. But, you know, we, we can talk about several different goals that a player wants to accomplish. But I think when it gets down, we look at our agency for us. We have four guys. When you take a look, and, and Sean, you remember Paul Boudelier. Well, Boots uh, does work with our agency, and he's got eight guys drafted in the first two rounds in the last three years, just on defense alone. And the details of the video he does, it's amazing to watch. I've, I've learned so much from him. Um, and I watch all the videos he sends our kids. And we start, they start around 16 years old with Paul. And they go through the video, and he's getting them ready. Uh, like a Brennan Hawker, for example, with playing in Okotoks. He's working with Brennan now, and he's 16 years old. And he's showing him visual things, and he stops the video, and you'll see a paragraph of, what he's looking at or what he's not. And that's the kind of stuff. Kids are very, um, when they look at video, well, first of all, they look at it completely wrong, most of them. But we try to clear that up with them. But when they look at it maybe two seconds before an actual play, that's the kind of stuff we work on with them. It's like, you know, moving without a puck, for example. A lot of kids hear it all the time, but they don't know it. They don't know how it works. And trying to communicate with a 13, 14-year-old, you've got to find that way to talk to them. And I think, as I was alluding before, if you ever wanted to be a good coach, you get into this business, you'll learn how to talk with these kids. You have to, or you won't be in the freaking business. And sometimes you got to have some tough love with them. And, I, you know, I don't yell at all, any of my kids, but you got to state facts to them. And I think, honestly, I think there's not a lot... There needs to be more honesty with these kids. And kids are resilient. I'm not trying to rip them apart or anything. I'm just saying, you know, be honest with them. Tell them, here's an issue. This is what we got to do to fix it. Let's get rid of the boo-hoo. And let's move forward on resolving and fixing the problem. And then we can move forward and forward and forward. But it's such a process, and it takes a long time. It is such a long road. But as you know, if, you, if you're lucky enough to play the game, that journey is so well worth it. And, you know, that's what I hope for every kid that we bring on. We know some won't make it. Um, well, we, we don't know yet, but, you know, the chances are in this game, it's like two and a half or three percent will make it to the National Hockey League. So, you know, we give them every advantage. We've got Mike Ellis, Denver Matt, Mike Ellis from Tampa Bay Lightning. Denver Madsen from Toronto Maple Leafs, Paul Boudelier, I said, mentioned Dan Bonner, who played in the NHL, uh, Cole Dillgrain, who's worked with us for years in the NHL. I mean, the knowledge from these guys and, and helping these young players um, hear what we have to say, but we have to be sure that we're on the same page and we're not back in 1990 and we're in 2024. Talking with uh, Brian Kern, uh, player agent, former NHL player, 
played for the Toronto Maple Police. Switching gears a little bit here, um, I texted you that fight against uh, that you had against Bob Probert. Um, <laughs> he's obviously the legend, the guy. Um, what what was it like? What was it like fighting a Bob Probert? I got a couple questions actually. I'll I'll start with that one, but that was that was the all time benchmark of where you're at. What was it like fighting that guy? Extremely difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I actually know when I fought him my first time, I've always had a long reach, and I fought him in Detroit, and um, I hit him with two pretty good punches, and, and I, I hit fairly hard, and it didn't even phase this guy. <laughs> uh, and then he's like, like a freaking telescope. His arm pushed out two more inches past mine. And I was like, oh, by goodness, like, I got to get in on him or I'm dead. I think I probably fought him, I don't know, whatever, several times, quite a few. Uh, and I lost quite a few. Um, he's very strong on his skates. We, you know, Bob and I did not like each other. Uh, and that goes on and off the ice. Uh, I don't want to speak ill of Bob because I have a lot of respect in the way you know, a guy can score 50 goals and he can and he can fight like that? Holy Moses, how can you not respect that? But we had our own clash. I mean, I think Bob put it best in his book. He called me the dirtiest fighter in hockey. So <laughs> it kind of tells you what he had thought of me too, right? <laughs> but we, we, I, I, I'm no saint, and, and neither one of us were. <laughs> I mean, we said some pretty cruel things to each other on the ice, and I like to believe I was fairly good at it, but I asked for a few of those beaties. I can tell you that factually. Some of the stuff I said to him, I'd kill me too. It's funny. Like, I, I mean, uh, Brian, you played against one of my favorite players, uh, Wendell Clark, and I remember my dad taking my brother and I to uh, to a game down at the Garden, and the score was out of hand, and, and uh, we were way up in the grays, and we got moved down. My dad worked it so that we got right on the right on the gold right in the front and uh, I remember Wendell Clark running Garth Butcher and I had a pop that was kind of on the ledge and the pop went all over me and ever since then I was like oh my god I'm a Leaf fan I'm a I'm a Wendell Clark fan what what was it actually like playing with him how was he to be around Wendell I don't think you know Wendell Clark is just an amazing human being a person um, I think he's the hands down the middleweight champion of, of hockey. Like Wendell just had a, he had a thing inside him that not a lot of people did. And there's another guy who can score, right? But Wendell was a guy that if people knew how much <laughs> um, therapy, um, he, had, he, had, he had some injuries that lasted his back especially, right? You want to talk about preparation. There's not a lot of guys that could go through the preparation that Wendell went through to play every single game. I mean, I think Wendell had acupuncture like 50,000 times um, to get him to where he needed to play. And he just had a good Saskatchewan kid, too. He just had a, a drive inside him that you're very rare to see. There are there was many players, you know, Hall of Famers and that that had the same thing. But Wendell kind of stood alone for me and a guy that just was like, um, he did his job. He loved to score. And then if you picked him off, it, whoa, like I, I was, I was, uh, we played Chicago one night and I'll never forget Wendell beat the crap out of three guys. And the first one was Dennis Savard because Dennis speared him where you shouldn't spear a guy. 
And I think that was like maybe one and a half punches. <laughs> Denny went down, I think, in that one. Um, and, and Denny is a clean player. Like, he's a hell of a player. I can't say anything. But anyway, Wendell took an exception. And then Chelios jumped in. And then Wendell took care of Chelios. And then I was sitting on the bench corner. And then he fought a third guy. I can't remember who it was. And I was just like, you know what? The guy's five foot ten, I think. And I think he could probably be a heavyweight. But he just destroyed three guys. And if you can't appreciate that a guy who can score goals, who's a great person, has great character, um, he's just he's the whole package for me as a person. And I enjoyed playing with Wendell, and I appreciated the fact that he went through a lot just to play a game. He's one tough human being. Brian, I really appreciate it. I got a, a text. That, well, I think I know the answer, but I'm not in the business, so I'll let you answer it. Um, if an advisor doesn't charge and the player wants to head to the NCAA, doesn't it ruin their eligibility? I'm guessing the, somebody's giving this guy wrong information, right? Because why would uh, an advisor charging uh, make the player more eligible? Oh, if, yeah, you have an advisor charging a, a player that wants to go out and see them. Yeah, he's saying if the vi- advisor doesn't charge him that the player wants to go. Yeah, doesn't charge him, and then the player wants to go NCAA, that it ruins their eligibility. I, that's obviously not no, correct. It doesn't. Yeah, no, exactly. It doesn't. No, no, I didn't think not. so. Yeah, no, yeah like you like you said off the top, if an advisor wants to charge you, you should run. That uh, that's probably the best advice I've heard in a long time. So. Yeah, these these. You know, there's so many big agencies out there, and that's what the agencies put out. I mean, we believe that these players, I mean, let's make no bones about it. We want to help these players get there. But at the end of the day, uh, it's how we make our money. Yeah. yeah. And we want to put the time and the effort, and I think that that's one thing that we're really good at. And the fact that we stay small is even more beneficial. But all of us have the same thing. Like we 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 have the players and uh, and, and ex pros and this and that and I think it's just when you come down to what, does your advisor go the extra mile does your agent go the extra mile um, I work for a guy that I you know I, I enjoy him immensely because bottom line is he never lies you <laughs> might not like what he has to say sometimes but he's very. He lives up to his promises. He never lies to players. And he's always been very, uh, every single time any player or myself or any of the other guys who work with Andrew, he's been very forthright and he gives you exactly what you need and these players what they need. And if you can get that with an agency and and they show up, I think the real big thing is they need to show up to these games and not just at tournaments. They need to show up at a, you know, in a cold ass rink in freaking Saskatchewan or in Alberta or wherever it is. It's not just a tournament job. I mean, that's that's the nice part about it. We can just go to all the tournaments, but these kids also struggle when they're at home and uh, you know they they don't have a tournament for 15 games. You need to show up, and some do. Don't get me wrong. Some agents and some advisors do, <clears throat> but that's what these kids need. They need they don't need to be babied. They just need to make sure that you're there for them. And you, the kids are smart to me. They know, in my opinion, they know deep down, probably more than a parent, that, okay, this guy cares about This guy cares about me. Um, I've had success with several players that they know I have their back. Uh, and that's just the relationships we've grown. 
and you you learn how to talk to them. Every kid's different. Every kid has a different character. Every kid has a, a different, you know, like some kids you can talk, have to talk real nice to, and you really got to spell it out for them, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and some kids you can point blank to say it right to their face, and they, they're basically going to show you. <laughs> they're going to stick it up your rear end, and you're like, perfect. The kid got the message, but you, you deal with them individually, at, 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 you know, individually. Sorry. Brian, really appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for this uh, continued success. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Success. Well, I thought Brownie was going to ask me a brophy story. I was going to oh, give him oh, the last dude, one. Dude, hey, hey. Yeah, give us a bro. I can tell you, uh, my brother, oh, geez, he, John Brophy punched out one of his own players when he was their coach. And uh, my brother, <laughs> John Brophy, was 65. He used to bring his, he was playing for him in uh, Hampton Roads. And he got, he kind of joked that 65, Brophy might have been tougher than all the guys on the team. But uh, l- let me hear yours. Well, well they're, 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 they're both pretty quick. But uh, so Brophy was, was the, he was a coach that just, wasn't caught up with the analytics of the game or the videos. And Brophy used to say, this game isn't hard. You skate, you pass, you shoot. And if you have to kick the crap out of someone one time, you do that too. <laughs> oh, yeah, and you score goals. And we just you just sit there. Everything was so simple with John, right? But when I first got traded to Toronto, um, I had uh, my jaw was broken in six places and I had to wear a shield. So Brof loved to hang with the defenseman. And at the end, he'd rim pucks, and then he'd put pucks off the glass. But when it came to me, he'd fire it hard off the glass. And I'm wearing this thing on my jaw. Like, I'm ready to kill Brof, right? So the expert shooter I have with my eight total goals in my life, I took a slap shot back at Brof. I was aiming 20 feet left of him. I missed him by about two and a half feet. And Brof gets all excited, and he goes, you're ready for the game tonight, Colonel. You're ready. Go kill someone. <laughs> like, I'm sitting 
there going, bro, you're about as whacked as I am. Buddy. <laughs> so, you know, you can go on and on. With, I, I, uh, Brownie said you had Marty McFarley on the phone. Yeah. And Marty's such a good, good human being too, right? And, and Marty and I had our tussles, but I had Marty out to a, an event years ago. Uh, just a good human being and one tough human being. Oh, yes. So, but it, it, thanks, guys, for having me on. Hope I didn't bore you to death. No, not at all. We there loved it, go. man. Great stuff. We'll have you back anytime. Appreciate it, Brian. Thanks, guys. Thanks, have a good girl. one. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 